your streaming. So let me just make sure I can get this going. Oh, yeah, I see it. You see it? Yeah, I, I don't see it. I use the little uh, bell that's in the top right-hand corner. That always, uh, if you click on it, it always tells you if somebody that you subscribe to is live. What bell? It's in the top right-hand corner when you're on YouTube. It's like next to your icon, your profile icon. Probably not on mine. Home. Or are you, are you using a Russian uh, browser? <laughs> uh, using an incognito browser. Oh, you're probably not logged in. I see. Yeah. No. I am logged in. Incognito? What the heck? I'm posting I'm posting the link for everybody. All 700 people will log in and listen to this interview. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, there it is. I see it now. Yep. Oh, oh. Yeah. No. Oh, way to go. <laughs> Amateur move. Yeah. I just turned the volume down. Now I can. Now I can chat. I'm gonna be behind everybody now. Our URL is funny today. It's like iBubvooBooBlue. Woo. Oh, you can actually read it this time. Let's see. <laughs> Almost. It looks. It's kind of funny looking. iBubvooBlue. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should just say. <laughs> Listen to me live on iBubbleBubbleBoo. <laughs> I don't know what Twitter. Oh, there we go. I'm nobody's in the chat yet. I'm sure they're all waiting for eight fifteen. <laughs> all right. Well, um, when you hear, uh, welcome to the show. Let's uh, let's start there. So let's get things. What do you think? Let's get things rolling here. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Podcasters, this is your buddy Bob Zarzadek, control panel technician and professional lever. Uh, let me let me look at my notes here about about the show. Let's see. Ah, man, I can barely read what I wrote. Uh, hey, wait, wait a second. You you got Lonnie Anderson on this week? Holy mackerel! I love her on WKRP. Man, Lonnie, you are so fine. Hey, uh, RK Ratio team, uh, make sure you give her my pager number. You know, uh, give it to uh, Lonnie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll hey, give it to her. Page me anytime, Lonnie. Hey, hey, that's all I got. Zars uh, the out. From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Arcade Radio.
welcome to episode 19 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2017, and the time is now approximately 8.18 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is your host, Adam Midwest. Dan is on vacation this week, but I'm joined by time machinist slash temporal mechanic, Mark Timerunner Shields, and the guest host of the Arcade Radio Podcast this week, Lonnie McDonald, King of Joust. Welcome to the show. Hey, pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks, hey. thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, and I and I have to read. It's not actually eight eighteen. It's actually seven nineteen. We're we're an hour. <laughs> so there's some sort of time warp when I was announcing the show there. But uh, what happened to Mark? Mark, are you here? You know, I hate talking when I'm muted. All my <laughs> witty banter's. <laughs> I was like, man, he just doesn't miss a beat, even when I'm talking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Lonnie McDonald. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's totally awesome. We're really glad to have you on the show. Um, why don't we uh, do a, a brief introduction of who you are? People kind of know who we are, but, you know, I'm Adam Matarax on Clav, and we got Mark over here. Mark, Time Runner 88 on Clav. TimeMachineRental.com, UncleRicosVan.com, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We've done this intro like a gazillion yeah. times, but not Lonnie. Not Lonnie. Yep. And is it Lon or Lonnie or both? It, it, it's both. Uh, uh, most of the time, uh, the reason I go by Lon is it's much easier to put Lon on a high scoreboard. There you Because <laughs> it, it takes three letters, and uh, that kind of differentiates between my personal life and my game playing life so there you go so uh lonnie mcdonald uh so you have something to do with joust or something yeah you know uh, in 82 i was the first person to play joust for 24 hours and uh, we did all the documentation sent it to williams and they declared me the uh, champion of the world for uh, williams nice. uh, and uh, i played for know a couple of years and and uh, in the local area where i was at and then i started businesses up and uh, i didn't play for 24 well almost 27 years and i started back up because i'd never made the guinness book of world records or set any records because we didn't really even know about those things because obviously uh, al gore hadn't created the internet back then <laughs> so uh, I've, so i've got i've gone on this people call it a joust tour uh, across the country and um uh, started in 2011 and uh, continues on today. Uh, in 2013, I got to 100 machines, played at the Williams Building. And it, what we've done is to, to get to uh, 10 million points, the, it defeats the uh, external counter and just shows all nines. And uh, that's the goal. And um, currently, uh, I set at 154 machines, uh, having played to uh, 10 million points and have played in all 50 states at this point. Very good. So uh, usually what we like to warm up with a little bit is what we've been working on. So, Mark, what in the heck have you been working on? I have been mostly trying to sell my refurbished Miss Pac-Man. Uh, I did get a couple cool Mike's Arcade adapters so that I could plug in a 60-in-1 board into the classic Pac-Man hardware without damaging it or changing anything and i put in two of those one for my wife and one for the machine i'm selling yeah works great it's pretty neat uh, it even has jumpers so that the player uh, the start one and start two buttons are also your fire one fire two buttons 
So if you want to go to the dark side with these Chinese boards, this is the way to do it, I think. And I also have a Stargate I'm selling, and I'm just, you know, Stargate? just coasting along. Stargate? Yeah, so you, do you have a Defender and a Stargate, or just... Well, the Stargate has a J-Rock board, so... Oh, yeah, that's it's nice. got everything. Plus, I have like a I have a redundant Stargate now. Also, I have one with original hardware, and so that's the Stargate I'm going to keep. And do you prefer Stargate or Defender? I, you know, I don't know. I think Defender's easier. Stargate's pretty hard. Yeah, but yeah. I don't really have a preference. I mean, I've been trying to play it to get good at it, but it is it is really hard. And yep. uh, they don't make it easy for you to catch those guys when they fall. No, no, I. I you know what I I have my I tell this every time I tell someone about my defender I just always say I hated it when I was a kid and I lo- I love having one now that I don't have to pay for to play. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it was at the corner store where I played all my games mm-hmm. that I grew to love, but it's not one of them. It's definitely just sort of like it came in a package deal. So here we go. Yeah. Well, I guess. I don't know. A- what do you think, Lonnie? What are you, are you a Stargate fan? Um, you, you know, I, I had both Stargate and Defender, and I, I, I think I would be a more a Defender fan. Yeah. Well, their definitive choice is Defender. You're going to have to sell both Stargates. You I and your... that it seems like Defender cabs are rarer now that yeah. they all got converted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the cool thing, you, you know, with the J-Rod boards, they run exactly like the, the old software, which is which is a plus for for arcade players. Yeah. Do you ever uh, do any of your Joust plays on the J-Rock board? I, I own the Joust world record on J-Rock. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. So I think I have, I think I have three records on J-Rock. Uh, the, the marathon, the tournament settings, and then something else, uh, the first life. Oh. What? Interesting. Like there's, there, there's actually a track uh, on both arcade and on on J-Rock is the highest score on the first man of any game, whether it's marathon or whether it's tournament settings on uh, tournament settings. I think it's almost a half a million on J-Rock on arcade, uh, 900 and almost 40,000 points on the first man. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I, my, um, my, what I'm working on is not as interesting. I organized the garage last week, then went on vacation to up up north and spent a bunch of money on my car, which kind of blew. And um, you know, one of my tires was bad, so I had, and they were due to be replaced. But I just paid that dang car off, and now I, you know, the door handle came off the week before, and I had to have that replaced. It was like three hundred bucks, and then I had. Hey, when the tires. door handle came off, were you like, "Oh man, I have like such strong hands"? Yeah, well, we we talked about it because I've been working out, so just ripped oh, that thing right off the door and then <laughs> you know you crushed it <laughs> and then i had to buy four new tires which was you know they're 18 inch wheels so not cheap you know so i've already had more than two car payments in the span of a month when it, when i just paid it off like a month ago so not not cool but um i'm getting the garage ready because i'm ready i'm getting ready to restore tron and uh, i'm looking i'm probably gonna I've decided I think I'm going to sell the games that I have in storage. So I'm, I'm thinking I might have to do a trade or sell my Road Blasters cockpit. And it's got that. Storage. Yeah. Like storage at a, like a public storage type situation? or Yeah. Yeah. And I got a Atari basketball that needs a little love. 
and I it's black and white, you know. But the cabinet's in decent shape. Um, board needs work though, you know. It's missing the back door, which is like a tiny little door. It's always missing the back door, but it's tiny. It, it, it's like a three by two door, so it'd be really easy to reproduce. And then, um, and it's black and white, so I don't even know if the monitor works right now. I just like I, I assume it is gonna work. So, so how many games do you have in storage? I just I actually sold a bunch, so I'm down to like four. Uh, I have Moon Patrol. Well, that's not bad. Nah, yeah. It's just that Road Blasters is. Oh, sorry. I have a Star Trek in there too. Uh, Star, oh, Star Trek cockpit. Work. That works well. Does it? Allegedly, it was Alan's. Um, I gotta, I gotta pull it out and restore it. I have all the parts to restore it. But um, you know, I'm kind of, kind of have a five year plan to add onto the house and move the arcade to a extended garage so I can work on it a little easier, especially as I get older. It gets harder to move these things around. So. I know that you have a killer staircase. I do. Yeah. It is it is steep. Through the garage. Yeah, it's so nice. And it's narrow and yeah. All yeah. sorts of fun. Yeah. Those those are those are not fun having to twist the machine and then take them down. Yeah. Not, not fun at all. Well, at least there's no landing. It's you not like to, it's a need, split level. Yeah, he's a straight shot, you need but one I mean, of those machines. You need one of those machines that uh, that uh, climbs the stairs for you. Yeah, that, I've, I've looked at those. They're like three grand. Yeah, I need yeah. a neighbor to have one. Yeah. Well, Alan, <laughs> Alan, who sold me the Star Trek, used to work at a company where he could just borrow one, and I, and I was like, oh wow. And then he moved to Vegas, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lonnie, what have you been working on? Oh, the last the last thing I did uh, last weekend, uh, I made a run at the arcade marathon record, uh, which would have taken about fifty five hours, and I got to forty five hours, which is uh, for a fifty six and a half year old guy, it's a, a pretty long marathon, uh, probably eighty seven, ninety million points, something like that. But uh, I needed to go ten more hours. Oh, Whoa, to, that's a long time to play anything. That's a long time to be awake. Yeah. At my age, it's a yes. long time to be awake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I took a nap afterwards. The, <laughs> did you get the uh, paranoia that you uh, have gotten in the past? You know, in 2013, I've got probably three or four about that t- same time length. Uh, I've got one at 50 hours. I'm the oldest person ever to play over 50 hours. Wow! Actually, actually, the only person over fifty to play over fifty hours on an arcade machine, and about forty-five, forty-six hours, it's like the the brain goes into these micro bursts of sleep uh, that you have to try to overcome. And uh, you, you know, the last time I played, I kind of fought through it, but this time it was like I literally lost two hundred men in an hour. Wow, I, and it was uh, it, it wasn't paranoia as much as it was a little bit different this time. Uh, and I was talking to John Salter about it, who has the longest marathon on any game. And it's like um, I could remember how to fly and do everything I wanted to do, but I couldn't remember how what I was doing. You know, it's like where am I? Where do I need to be stationed to kill these guys? Uh, I could fly around and do anything I want, you know, like with pinpoint accuracy, but I couldn't remember what I need to do on each screen, which was just totally bizarre. And hmm. that kind of sets up this paranoia where you're like going, am I going uh, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I've, ta- I've talked to some of the old time marathon guys and they say, yeah, you know, it's like right at 
you know, that two day kind of mark, if you get past that and, you know, at any time this thing can kind of snap in and you have to keep your body temperature lower and, you know, cause you start to overheat and, and your brain starts to want to force you to, to have <laughs> some sort of sleep. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll move on to the arcade news. What do you think, Mark? Let's do it. All right. It's uh, the arcade news with Don Reed. Oh, well. That was good. <laughs> hey, so, so I have the first article. It's via Ars Technica? That is horrid. It's yeah. horrid. I can't imagine people are using it, but whatever. What? People love it, Dan. <laughs> That's Dan. <laughs> um, Trent Reznor, he made some music. He actually released a video like four or five hours ago. The hell you say? Uh, I, do. I do say it. Uh, it, uh, it has features an arcade video game. Here, uh-huh. let me read the, uh, the headline here. Industrial and synth rock music fans is that is that the kind of people that listen to Nine Inch Nails? Well, they started out as a synth band in the eighties. I have to go do some research. Yeah, the first album is like all synthy. I really like the first album. So literally today, Nine Inch Nails announced its next EP titled "Add Violence," coming in in only eight days. So I guess next Friday. <laughs> and what's more, fans got a hint of the EP with a catchy single. And to boot, its video includes an out of nowhere starring appearance from a video game. And they went pretty indie here. Oh. They chose one of the weirdest video games of 2017. The entire video for the song Less Than. I wonder if it's like the Less Than sign. I have to go look that up. They It revolves around a woman playing a customized version of Polybius. And no, it's not the urban legend arcade game that stole souls in Oregon in the 80s. Hey, isn't that the isn't that what happens in Stranger Things? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, instead, it's the 2017 arcade action game released by Jeff Lamasoft Minter of Tempest 2000, TXK, and Space Giraffe fame. I mean, I'm always playing that Space Giraffe. How about you guys? No, uh, no, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, that sounds like a game I would never play. Hmm. hmm. Space Giraffe. Huh. You know, this is the first time that I've actually thought this is a piece of news I don't give a crap about, and Dan's not here. I knew it. I bet you Dan, though, would like it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good, good, right? Well, did you watch the video? Because the video was pretty cool. I mean, And you know what? Come to think of it, I was thinking Trent Reznor, but uh, I was actually thinking Ministry. Uh, Ministry was a synth band. I don't know what Trent Reznor did uh, pre-90s, you know, if anything, you know. He's probably not even old enough to have a band in the 80s, for all I know. Anyway, um, yeah. PC Magazine reports Mario Kart Arcade is getting a VR upgrade. There's been three versions of the arcade up until now, with the last being Mario Kart Arcade GP DX released in 2013. Now there's a fourth. Only this one is called Mario Kart Arcade GP VR, because we can't have enough acronym words in our title, and adds virtual reality using HTC VVS, like an $800 uh, headset uh, at Amazon. So the addition of the VR means Mario Kart becomes a first-person experience, which is sure to attract the crowds to Japanese arcades. Who wouldn't want to look around the colorful world of Mario Kart or turn their head to see the character that is sitting next to them in another car holding a banana ready to throw it at you? I mean, really, it's uh, it's a interesting as concept. As, yeah, as long as there's a haptic banana to hit me in the face. <laughs> yeah, <the> little zzz. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, although Mario Kart Arcade JPVR doesn't... <laughs> that is such a mouthful. Who's going to want to... You're just going to call it Mario Kart, right? You're not going to call it Mario Kart Arcade JPVR. Anyway, it will be heading to the Bandai Namco-run VR Zone Shijunku in Tokyo, which opened up July 14th. As you probably guessed, it's a section of the arcade dedicated to virtual reality game experiences, and Mario Kart will be joining the likes of Dragon Ball, Neon Genesis, and Evangelion, and um, Ghost in the Shell. So, that's kind of cool. Or maybe not. I don't uh, know. How do you feel about this? Uh, that's the one I don't give a crap about. <laughs> You're just mad because I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah, over to you, uh, Mark. Do my little thing. Right now? Yeah, there's a, like, my music cue. There's like a cue up here for me to read something. Am I supposed to? No, no, you have to do the music cue, and then I'll do that. Oh, so we're going to role play after this. Role play. Roll the tape. Dang it. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to the, to cave, the cave with, with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Yeah, here's the red letter date in the history of arcade science, July 16th, 1982. Yes, of course. What? I don't get what happened. Well, it's July 16th, 1982. I'll well, tell you what happened. Okay. <laughs> All right. The arcade game Joust, delivered and released by Williams Electronics, celebrates its. <laughs> Is this your Doc Brown birthday. impersonation? That's right. I'm Doc Brown. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead with your headline. It's 35th birthday this upcoming Sunday. It's 35 years. Lon. That's a long time. Lonnie, that's 35 years of Joust. What do you think about that? Th- 35 years of Joust. Uh, even the developers didn't expect it to last that long. Right. And it's been released on consoles and collections over the years and made midway and whoever owns midway <laughs> lots yeah, of money owned by, owned by warner interactive now yeah which is weird because they own they bought well a form of warner bought atari right back in the day i don't, I don't, I don't know yeah i think it was warner wasn't it Anyway. Nobody cares about your stock market talk, Adam. (laughs) All right. What do you got going? Well, at the box office, E.T. the Extraterrestrial continued its number one reign at the box office. Is that redundant? No. (laughs) Negotiations to produce a video game based on the film concluded around this week in July, giving developers only five and a half weeks to create the game in time for Christmas selling season. Personally, I never owned it. I thought it looked terrible. How about <laughs> you guys? Did you did you play ET on your twenty six hundred? So, I I actually did play ET on my own twenty six hundred as a kid because I didn't have one, but my neighbors had it and they had that game, and I I remember playing it, and being very frustrated. Oh, was your neighbor pretty? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not even going to go there because it would it would it would just devolve into a ten year old boy conversation, and we were you know no no. <laughs> it, okay, Lonnie, uh, <laughs> ET, can you think back that far? 
I could think back that far, but literally, guys, I stopped playing arcade games in 1984 and didn't pick them up till 2011, except for Black Tiger and the in the uh, around 87 or 88. So there's a whole span of video games that uh, completely are lost to uh, my arcade skills. <laughs> Dave from Buffalo says he remembers playing ET and it was very hard. The game was hard. So. Yeah, I see. <laughs> you see. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> uh, this week also marks the 35th anniversary of the original Tron film. Oh, you don't Tron! See uh, Tron is a great game and film. Yes, made by Bally Midway. Came out uh, earlier this month, 35 years ago. What else also, came out? <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong came out the year before. It's turning 36. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was on TV? Repeats, nothing but repeats. <laughs> was it off season? So we're talking summer season. It was the off season. I heard that uh, your guest host Mark would uh, ride around his bike and play Simon and Simon. <laughs> oh my! God. Yeah, I'm not sure what that involves though. Did you solving did you... mysteries? Or... <laughs> were you, so you were role playing as Simon, or which one, AJ or I was Rick? Simon, uh, I was always. AJ. You were always Simon. <laughs> I was Simon. <laughs> My friend and I, John, he would be like, I'm Simon. I'm like, no, I'm Simon. Lonnie, do you remember Simon and Simon? I, I do. I do remember Simon and Simon. I, I actually think it's one of the better shows that was on in the 80s. <laughs> it's a classic. Where's the movie? <laughs> Where's the, yeah. They actually did make a movie for TV. What? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and only Gerald McRaney did anything after that show. Right. I don't know what happened to the other guy. Oh, um... He went on the club circuit. <laughs> no, I actually know this because he wrote a book. Um, but he... Uh, he wrote a book about why he didn't do anything else the rest of his life. Yeah. Yep. He, he lived Manimal. In... <laughs> Would you cut that out? So he... Randall he... said that. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to know, because Lonnie asked, I'm just going to say briefly that uh, he married his uh, one of his co-stars and... Um, they were assaulted in Hollywood and he was shot like three or four times. And, wow. Yeah. And so now he's a rancher and he just lives in, he lives on a ranch and with his wife and doesn't have any so desire to act. Well, because of being shot. Yeah. Because of being shot. <laughs> True story. They shot the acting out of him. That's the, <laughs> they shot the acting out of him. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I got to tell you, your doc impression is not that great. Hey, don't give me a hard time. <laughs> it's the first time he's done this. Doc Brown, Eddie. He's, did he's I, saying, did I say that? No. No. Okay. Who are you then? <laughs> I'm like his cousin. I guess um, uh, AJ uh, did um, Major Dad for a brief time after that. Yes. So. Yep. Yep. Actually, uh, Rand Randy. Uh, Gelking. Married one of the girls from Designing Stars. Yep. So it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Let's talk about the top five songs in the U.S. on July sixteenth, nineteen eighty-two. Jameson Parker was his name. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Are you done? All right. No. No. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Let it whip by the Daz Band. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a good song. Little known fact: this song was not a sequel to Devo's Whip It. 
<laughs> I love this yeah. song. Let it whip. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. You know, it's one of those songs you're like, uh, I wonder what the next song's going to be. <laughs> Number four, I the Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> little Rocky little stuff going on. Yeah. Right. It was used in both Rocky three and four. And four. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone provided uh, advice on uh, the, the people writing the song, and they said, he said, he said, the third. The third set of uh, lyrics, they repeat the first set. Write, write new lyrics. You're going to hate this when you listen to it again. <laughs> it sounds that bad, Post. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Have we moved on? We've moved on. <laughs> John Cougamelli. That's so good. <laughs> now, how many times did he change his name? Oh, well, he started out as... John Cougar and and uh, actually on this album American Fool he was John Cougar um, because the studio uh, said your name is too too weird nobody's gonna like it so, nobody likes melon <laughs> that's right what's a melon camp is that where you is that where camp you go- where we learn how to cut melons <laughs> <laughs> and then he added it it was John Cougar melon camp and then finally he dropped the cougar and was just John Mellon Okay, my trivia about this is what movie features the lines, if you ever get the chance, shower with them. I did. Mm, it's a mind scramble. It hurts so good. <laughs> oh, that sounds really familiar. Weird science. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But I you, love science. If you did it in her accent, I might have got it. Kelly LeBrock. I would never do it in her accent. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Rosanna. By Toto. Toto. Like the dog. <laughs> yep. Dave from Buffalo got the weird science reference. Good one, Dave. Dun, dun, dun. All I want to do when I wake up in the morning is see you right. <laughs> Rosanna. Yeah. Rosanna. Just this song is to... about Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. <laughs> I don't think it is. Maybe we should have Bob Zarzadek do this segment next time. <laughs> I'd love it. I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, hey, you know what What famous actress is Rosanna? Do you know uh, she was purportedly uh, the reason that they made this song? <laughs> I don't know. It was Rosanna Arquette. Oh, I did not know the key, that. The keyboard player, apparently the only attractive one in the bunch. Oh, my goodness. All right. Next, I know you were jumping ahead. Uh, sorry. Don't sorry. you want me by the Human League? Yeah. There you go. A little Human League. Spoiler, only the cocktail bar parts are true. The what now? Listen closely. I can't. The song's song starting soon. I've already played like 18 seconds of it. <laughs> there, see? There. All right, I think that's it. <laughs> So, uh, did that just bring a flood of memories back to you, Lonnie? All that great music. Lonnie, did you did you used to rock out to this stuff? Yeah, I was twenty one. I was I was out out and about doing things to those songs. 
Nice. Nice. And Disco was just and Disco was just dying. That's all I can say. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. I actually I I I really like Disco, but that's uh you know well Let It Whip by the Daz Band. That's Disco. Just first the stock market and now Disco. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm leaving. Hey, Mark, you can have this mic. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you, Doc. Who Don't is it? The door hit you, Mark. <laughs> okay. Was that Doc Black? <laughs> you know, I didn't catch his name. Who or... was that guy? <laughs> was he a doctor? Oh, it's Doctor uh, Brown, not Doc Brown. Okay. Uh, I don't know. He was wearing white, so that's all I know. <laughs> I see. Polyester. <laughs> Oof, someone's got a puppy. Yeah, that's a, it. Actually, is a puppy. It's just six months old this this week. She's a supervising, and she's like going, "Why are you not playing with me?" Oh, hmm. well. Um, is it? What's that? Is it time? Is there voicemails? We, well, I don't know if there are any voicemails. Should I check? Hmm. I don't know. Let me look. Let me look at the the voicemail thingy. It's on. It's under Google Voice, right? Yeah, we're riffing it now. We're, we're riffing what? I, mean, I don't think we've looked at these voicemails. Yeah, I, I have no idea what what's going on here. So let me. This. Uh, I, why isn't there a link to Google Voice in the drop down for all your apps? Can't you just type voice.google.com? That's what I'm typing. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, you have to type that. Yeah, we have a couple of listener calls, it looks like. Okay. Holy moly. There's like four calls. I haven't played these. Yeah. Voicemails. Oh, there's two voicemails that haven't been heard. Oh. One's short. Let's play it back. Hello, Arcade Radio Dudes. I have a question about shorter people playing arcade games. Would it be possible to cut the bottom off a game so I can reach the controls? Thanks. Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? That sounds like a Macintosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. It sounds yeah. like a ten year old. You could you could cut the bot actually I know that the bottoms have been cut off of games. Usually they put them back on. Uh-huh. You know, when you're trying to restore it or get rid of that rot or the wet or whatever but i suppose you could cut the bottom off of a game and play it there's not much huh. down there yeah. you'd have to have some sort of shelf for the um, for the boards sure but well depends on where it was mounted right if it was like atari games are mounted yep. pretty high on the wall so you could almost well you have to move the power brick right yep but it's pretty freaky yeah let's play the next one okay here we go lonnie mcdonald is the man there, I said it. I'd just like to say, two can play at once. Move your mount left or right with your joystick. To fly, repeatedly press flap. Topple buzzard riders and other player for points. Highest lance wins. Grab enemy eggs before they hatch into more aggressive foes. Team waivers for two player games only. A bonus of 3,000 for not toppling another player will be awarded. You will receive an extra amount every twenty thousand points. That is awesome. <laughs> it sounded like Boris Karloff. That that is really awesome. I like that. The, uh, like those are eight. the instructions on the 
Yeah, like somebody, like some jazz. AI read it. That's, right. That's awesome. Well, I guess we can't answer that question. The answer no, is yes. Really question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those are the instructions. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Yes! Marty McDonald! The Joust Champion of the World. Welcome to the show again. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for uh, entertaining me. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, this, we're actually, now we're looking to be entertained by you. The rest of the oh, show is okay. about you. Well, it's all you now. Uh, You're going to have to carry uh, the show uh, for right. the next four hours. <laughs> the weight of the world is upon my shoulders. I can turn it over to my puppy. She's more entertaining than I am. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I do like puppies. So give us a little bit of your background and where you grew up and what drew to arcades and joust. Hey, so where I grew up, I'm actually from the world-famous small town in Iowa called Winterset. You guys heard of it? What is that? Winterset, Iowa. Winterset? No, it, if you're trivia fans, then you should know this stuff. It is the birthplace of John Wayne. Ah. Also, where they uh, the the bridges of Madison County. Oh. And yeah, so I, I grew up there. That's uh, like I had uh, two brothers, and uh, you could in a town that small it was like 2,500 people when I was a a kid. You could be on one side of town and get in trouble because your parents knew everybody. Because my dad had 13 brothers and sisters. By the time you got home, you got in trouble again. So, oh. I mean, it was just, it was, it was horrible as a kid, but great <laughs> for your parents because they, they knew everything that was going on. Grew up playing pool and pinball. Pool. And uh, you know that starts with P. pool player playing snooker and billiards and nine ball with lots of trophies. Pinball, <laughs> always enjoyed pinball. And, uh, you know, then arcade. You know, then uh, video games came out while I was in high school. Oh yeah, P. That yep, starts. Yep. That, that's pool. That starts with P, and that rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble. Trouble. Right here in River City. Uh-huh. I think that's, that's off right. I thirty five. Right. I remember passing signs that talk about the Madison County bridges. That's weird. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If you go down thirty five, it'll say bridges of Madison County, and then John Wayne's birthplace. They actually have a big museum for it now. Okay. So it's a cool place. Yeah. And it's the birthplace of uh, Lonnie? Yeah. No, actually, I was born in Greenfield, which is about 24 miles from there. But uh, okay. I grew up in Winterset. Awesome. So uh, what, which, which was the first arcade you ever played? First arcade I ever played Asteroids, I think. Yeah. That's, that's a fun game. Asteroids. Space Invaders was not the first arcade game I played because the pool hall where I played pool and and pinball asteroids was the first one that was in there. Okay. Of course, I played foosball too. So everything everything I grew up playing had to do with angles and physics and and uh, which is one of the reasons I, I gravitated to joust and many other Williams Grant games, which were angles and physics. And and so when you first played joust, what made you come back to it? Well, Joust was incredibly difficult, as were most Williams games. But uh, you know, my mind almost 
instantaneously calculated the angles and where things were uh, where they were going to be. And uh, you know, as uh, as the developers would tell you, Williams wanted you to put a quarter in every two and a half minutes or or so. You know, so it, it was just it was just a tough game, and it had two players. Yeah. And my um, my roommate and I liked to play it together. And uh, he would give up after about a million points. He'd get tired. <laughs> and then I would keep playing. So, so you're both kind of good at it. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was good. He was a district manager for an arcade system. And, and so it didn't cost us anything to play. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. What, Randall what Arcade was we, that? Kid? No, it was, it was out in Nevada. They, they don't exist anymore. You know, I, I want to say, I keep wanting to say that they named them Stargate because they had all the new Williams games, but it just doesn't quite seem right. And I've tried to track down what the name of them, what the name of them was and, and haven't been successful uh, at, at that. Even going as far as uh, is having driven through the city and talking where it was at and, and talking to people say, okay, what was the arcade's name that was sitting right here next to, next to this place? And there used to be a straw hat pizza next to it. And they're like, they, nobody remembers. What, what year was so, that? 1980? Was that 82? 1982. Uh, yeah. You know, we got, uh, he got all the new releases, so you know we keep thinking it's like June, July, something like that. Uh, early '82 machines, uh, and uh, I played for 24 hours on a bet, and uh, you know I can't lose a bet. That that's that's horrible stuff for me, <laughs> at least from my mindset. So I played for 24 hours. We documented all that stuff uh, as you used to in the '80s, in the early '80s. You know, you didn't have ways except take a Polaroid and then a piece of paper, and people would log in what time they what time they um, saw you play and what your score was. Sure. And then you, they'd take Polaroid, and so we had all these Polaroids <laughs> uh, that we then uh, you know made copies of, not like photocopies because you can't you know make a copy. It's like take a Polaroid of the Polaroid kind of nonsense. <laughs> so it was it was much more in depth, and we didn't know about Twin Galaxies. You know, because things were much uh, smaller and confined, and there was no internet by Al Gore, and <laughs> we, 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 you just had to you you had to um, um, send all that stuff to Williams. So we sent it to Williams. Williams sends me a shirt and a letter back, and she says nobody's ever played 24 hours. You're the champion of the world, as far as we're concerned. And so that was really was really kind of one of those monumental things that happened. Cool. So uh, originally. Uh, I think you were going for a hundred machines across the nation, and that changed. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, in 2011, I took I started the tour, which we called Joust Tour. Well, we should back up a second. Just to, first of all, explain what the yeah, tour yeah, yeah. means, and then and then go on with that. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm sorry. Explain what? So tell us what the tour entails. Like, um, what was it that you oh, were trying tour, to do? Yeah, right, right. So, yeah. The, the goal was to play uh, each joust machine to 10 million points, which is the defeat of the external counter, which uh, at that point on the scoreboard, it will only show all nines, as many old arcade machines would do. And uh, at that point, uh, 2011, I had actually picked up a, uh, I was going through my midlife kind of thing, and uh, <laughs> I picked up an article here in Kansas City about Steve Sanders and his son playing joust and setting the term of settings doubles record. And I said, I said, well, I wonder how good my score was. And uh, I actually called Steve Sanders up and he and I decided to uh, play for uh, for the marathon double setting. But 
in the process of traveling around the country, uh, it became this joust tour, and I was trying to, to get to all the machines that RUCAD had on their list, which at that point in 2011 was 37 or 38 of them. Okay. And um, I used to travel and teach uh, cleaning and restoration, and I served on nonprofit boards. And so I, I, w- I would say, you know, I'm going to be in that town so I can play those machines. And, uh, you know, not all the machines were in, in incredibly good working order. And so I found myself having to get good at making them in a little bit better working order so you could play some of them. But, you know, it was it was an interesting uh, trip. And, and it kind of evolved into, you know, what is your stopping point? What is, what is the grand scheme of this? And and people would say, hey, uh, I have a joust machine on, you know, on club or someplace, or people would email or call me and say, you can come and play mine, or there's like three or four here that you haven't played. And it evolved to a point where we thought uh, 100 machines was attainable in the you know two years that I was playing. So I actually averaged playing one machine a week for 100 weeks, wow. which is a billion points. And the last machine in that 100 machines that I played was at the Williams Building, and I had Python Angelo, the artist who has since passed away, yeah. John Newcomer, the guy who developed it there, and uh, also the programmer there. And Roger Sharp was the, the MC, and uh, Walter Day from Twin Galaxies was there. And so it was a, it was a pretty cool event. But I actually got to, to play 100 machines uh, to uh, 10 million points. And then I took a year off and went for a pinball world ranking which was uh, another uh, interesting task. I got to uh, the top 1% in the world, um, which is like 271 at that point would put you in the top 1% in the world. Oh, that's cool. And then I, then I was like, okay, I missed Joust, so I went back to playing Joust. So now we're at 154 machines played to 10 million points. 154 machines. And my, yeah, and then the, the my first... machine was number 84. <laughs> yep, February uh, 2013 when I was pressing really really hard to get to uh to um the hundreds machine and uh, i don't know do you have a red t-shirt you might i even sure have do a red yep. t-shirt i have a red I, t-shirt yeah. it's signed and uh yeah I, I think i have one of your original walter yeah. day cards as well yeah yeah so yeah the first the first uh, card that i was on was uh, number 127 which was uh, the one that where uh, steve sanderson i set the the doubles marathon record, which is also a Guinness record. Very cool. And so that, was, that was, was cool. Was this a Guinness um, motivated tour? Like, were you looking to put this in the Guinness book of world records? Like I did a hundred machines and. Well, you know, we, we attempted to put that in. It wasn't the, it wasn't the motivation to start with, Yeah. but after we, you know, after it, it, it evolved into uh, that, we tried to put it in Guinness and Guinnesses. And, you know, we don't usually, uh, take records that are that long. So the Guinness actually denied it, even though we had all the support for it, because this, they said it was too long of a wow. record. Interesting. I was like, going, okay. <laughs> but uh, there are other there are other record keeping entities like Record Setter and, and and other things out there. So it is a Record Setter record. Cool. Um, so that it, it's safe for pers- you know posterity. And a GA gamer says that he saw you uh, do this on at SFGE in 2016. So I don't know what SFG is. What is what? What is that? Southern Fine Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was probably that was probably in one forty or so, and did that live in front of um, I don't know. There were probably a hundred people or so watching when it rolled over. Cool. Yeah, that was a nice that was a nice group. Nice a uh, nice event. 
that they put on there. Awesome. Yeah. Got to hang out with uh, Lance Guest from uh, the first, you know, the, the last Starfighter. Nice, cool guy. Oh, cool! Oh. What? That is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Lance was a Lance was a speaker that I was on the speaker list, and he was on the speaker list. So I got to hang out and, and chat with Lance. Um, That's funny. I um, you you guys probably remember he was also Superman. He played Clark no. Kent in the original nineteen seventy eight. Superman. He was young Clark Kent before he. I did not know that before he grew into Christopher Reeve. My, my, my life is my life is complete. They uh, actually had to. They actually um, put a prosthetic <laughs> on his face to make his. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, they put a prosthetic on his face to make him look more like Christopher Reeve. So his nose is actually altered for the role. It's it's interesting when you meet somebody like that, and then you you look back on what they've done. You go, oh, I've seen that. And I, oh, yeah, I remember that. But uh, it was it was a nice time chatting with him. Cool. And I think he thought I was insane playing that many jows for as long as I have. <laughs> yeah. So all you YouTubers, go check out the pictures of Lance Guest as young Clark Kent in uh, Superman 1978, and you'll see him looking a little weird with his crazy nose, but. Also, exchange. Also, his eyes change color because uh, he was they're green. When because Lance uh, Lance's eyes are green, and then I believe Christopher Reeves are blue. So, hey. anyway, little Look details. I'm a huge Superman fan. Anyhow, <laughs> I have a, a copy of the 1983 ABC airing of that on VHS tape. Oh, the extended one. That's right. It's so extended. Yeah. He walks through fire and gets frozen and all kinds of stuff. That's great. There's more fun stuff like, well, I can't talk about it now, but <laughs> we're, we're focusing on Lonnie. <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's all right. I'm, I'm not that interesting. I, I like, I love trivia though. Um, one of the reasons uh, I'm also involved in the U S national video game tier. I don't know. Did, did you guys know I'm an inductee into the international video game of hall of fame and on the U S national video game team? I did not. I knew oh, the oh. second one. Because you recently went for your record that you we were talking about a little bit ago, and um, yep, but the first yep. one I did not know. So you're you're an inductee, I see. Yeah, the International Video Game Hall of Fame, class of 2016, and you know when you look at the people um, that are inducted, it's uh, it's 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 kind of humbling to think of all the the arcade players and the arcade games that are already inducted into Hall of Fame that. Uh, you know, a, a small town guy like me who just has some jow skills would uh, would uh, be inducted. But you know, when I when I set out to 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 do my record, many times people say, "Well, why don't you go for this record or that record?" And and uh, I told a friend of mine, I said, "You know, you need to cut your own path and do something original." And that's kind of what I saw Joust Tour is doing, which was was all of us would have liked to have been somebody who could have traveled the country and played their machine, the machine that they liked, and. I just set out to do it because I had the time and the resources to do it. So uh, it, it was a, it was a, one of those compelling things that the more I did, the more I needed to do it. And I'm not going to say I'm obsessive compulsive, even though <laughs> I probably am. <laughs> oh, this... I'm obsessive compulsive, so I'm like, I do, I, I can relate. <laughs> I'm gonna... Hey, it's, speaking of, and I don't know if this is a rumor or not, but do you still carry around a cooler filled with snacks when you settle in to play a game? You know, not not as much as I used to. Um, I've got it down to a, um, a a fine 
kind of, uh, well, let's see, when I started out, I wasn't sure what it was going to take. You know, how, how long is this going to take? And the first one was brutal. I mean, brutal, you know, like six hours. And I got it down to a point where it was, I could play comfortably four and a half hours, four hours and 15 minutes. And three or four of them, I did less than four hours, which is incredibly fast. But it's either a four sucker or a five sucker game and a bottle of water at this point. <laughs> uh-huh. wow. I- I'm serious. Four suckers, five suckers, that's what I'll come in with. But I'll bring six in, but it's usually, you know, I'll just put them in a coat pocket or, and I'll lay them, uh, you know, on a table or where, where I'm next to. And uh, and that's about it in a bottle of water. And people say, do you want something to eat or something? I said, no, I'm just going to sit here and play. And they go, how do you play for? The, the, one of my fun ones is when I was playing at, at uh, the Williams headquarters, the guys, the guys uh, asked me, uh, you know, because afterwards you – You've got all the Williams employees there, and they said, "Well, how do you how do you play that long?" And I always used to tell people, "I said, I said, now are you Star Trek fans?" And they go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," because <laughs> most people are, unless they're a Star Wars fan, and you know, and that's okay too. But I said, <laughs> what I do is I simply change the space time continuum in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, oh, that makes complete sense. Like, but that's really what I do. Is I don't think about how long it is. And when I start thinking about numbers, rather than saying I'm at 10, I, I'll go, I'm like at 0.1 or something like that. So my mind is constantly focused on a lower number than rather than a number that's kind of uh-huh. uh, looking at defeating, like nine. Oh, it's nine. Oh, where am I going? You know, you know so it's always, it's always focusing on something smaller. <laughs> so it's, um, it's breaking it down into smaller things, but that that was an interesting one. Change the space time continuum. And guys were going, "Yeah, that makes complete sense." <laughs> I was like, uh, "I believe you." Our uh, YouTubers are <laughs> chiming in now with their uh, fandom choices here. Sours fans, Star. So, um, there's actually a call here um, that I'd like to play for you. Uh, it's re- it's okay. it's uh, it was just came in. And it's regarding the marathoning, so it's it's right on par here. So let's yeah, play it. Yeah, go ahead. Here we go. Hi. Great show, as per usual. Um, I have a pragmatic question regarding doing a marathon session, like 24-hour, you know, game. What? How do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> do you just not? Do you not drink anything? <laughs> and physically, like, how do you stand that long? Or, you know, share a little bit about that because I, I would love to hear. Thanks. Great show. Bye. So that's uh, that's one of our listeners, and she. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe you could expand on what you're saying. Well, yeah, I I don't really consider 24 hours a long time. Uh, I have a little bit of insomnia, so staying up a long time doesn't really affect me that much. Uh, but your mind and your body, uh, a whole other thing, and, and you don't have to stand up to play a game, you can sit down. There's no rules that say you must stand. I know there are signs that say real gamers must stand, but those are only gamers that are going to play maybe an hour or two, not 24 hours. Uh, You do need to get up and move a little bit. Otherwise, you know, the blood kind of and the muscles kind of want to stick in place. And the older you get, the tougher it is for you to stay in one place for a long time. But the last marathon I did uh, uh, last weekend uh, I literally played to 60 million points, which was 30 hours before I took a break, before I took a bathroom break. And you don't want to drink a lot, and you just want to, uh, you know, eat protein. So uh, maybe a little bit of carbs, but you're not going to eat full meals. And 
and do things like that because then you'll have to go to the bathroom. And and when you go to you know when you take a restroom break, you literally die every seven to ten seconds in a, a game like Joust. Uh, the most men you can ever have is 255 plus the one that you're playing. So 256 memory guys, 256. Mm-hmm. Um, and you figure, uh, let's say I went to the bathroom for five minutes. How many men did I lose? Quite a few, yeah. you know, and it's not like armor attack or Cuber where you get, you know, a thousand guys and build up time to sleep. Those guys who have set these 80 plus hour records literally have been able to sleep for an hour and then come back and play. And, um, you know, it's, did I answer all the questions? I think physically, yeah, you have to be in pretty good physical condition. And, and I'm relatively for an old guy in in pretty good physical condition and pretty good mental condition. And uh, it's really a physical and mental kind of thing, a toughness and, and um, knowing how to play the, the game normally yeah and, th- and i think you covered them the one you know the unique thing is a lot of games um you couldn't amass enough extra guys uh to exactly. to, to marathon and, and there's a difference uh between marathoning type games and arcade games like donkey kong where you're given three guys plus one extra and that's it so yeah, yeah. uh and you play Which to the is, end you know tournament settings tournament settings that would be like tournament settings on Josh where you get five men and that's all you get and you have to get the best score you can marathon and they're different different games will only allow you to get so many men right and, and, and it becomes very very difficult to marathon those games with by getting up and doing anything and not uh, without your 100 percent concentration on the game and but that I, in itself 100 percent concentration on the game create creates its own problems uh, you know visually and and uh, uh, your your mind wants to shut down after a certain period of time. It's telling you you need to rest. I think uh, when you were visiting uh, my site, Site 84, um, you played for about four and a half hours. It was a pretty quick uh, flip of the of the screen. It was um, we got to ten million pretty quick. So, but um, the, the the interesting thing that it kind of I thought was interesting is at the end of the game when you were waiting to write your name, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for all those guys to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually, usually you, well, uh, Christian Gringris, you know, coined the term uh, saturated, which means you have all the guys that you can get, which is 255 plus the one you're playing. Now, you could win more than that, but it won't give you any more than right. that. So let's say I was I won 300 guys. You know, arguably, at some point, I could have had three or 400 guys there, but it only gave me 255. Well, you have to kill all those guys off before you can put your name in. And that's usually, you know, a 10, at least 10 minute process. And what I commonly do is take a sweater and hang it over the joystick and, <laughs> and pull it off to the side and let all the men run off. I go to the bathroom, wash my face, come back and they're still running off. Yeah. We waited, I, we waited a long time. We might've waited like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I think I had over 200 guys when, when we played this. Yeah. <clears throat> And um, I had just restored that control panel and rebuilt it. I remember you came over. Yeah. And typically, uh, what Lonnie likes to do is crack open the machine, make sure everything's cool, you know, because a lot of times these machines are just dilapidated and nothing works right. And one of the things I've always prided myself on is putting, you know, is when I restore these things, or at least the control panel so I can play them again, is making sure they right. work the way they're supposed to. So um, I ended up yeah. saying, hey, why don't you just... um." Try one and drop this token in and give it a shot, and uh, and we did, it was all really informal. So like, I give you the token, yeah. 
you drop it in and and then you're having a good game so you're, you're like i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna keep going yeah, <laughs> yeah well you know i i, I started the started the game up and the, the machine was playing really tight and, and and really sharp and i said there's no need to start another game i'll just play this one <laughs> so that's that's always good you know and it was and it was in great condition which you know uh, i've played everything from you know in restaurants and our you know full-blown arcades to people's homes to garages where it's raining on my back and and uh uh machines that i wouldn't play until i disinfected them and uh controls the same i mean i played machines that, that probably shouldn't even have flown I, I mean literally i was trying to want to figure out how they were flapping when i opened them up so it's good to have them in good shape you can tell you can tell if someone's taking care of their machine yeah you know you you walk into some of the facilities and you go their 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 um, motive to have the machine there is not not to have the machine there because they love machines it's because their business plan says they should have machines there right what, yeah. What's your preference on the the machine ROM set, red or green? Green is uh, def- is what all the uh, the uh, default uh, tournament stuff is on. Can we talk about what the and difference is? Because I I actually don't know. The only major difference is uh, the pterodactyl cheat, which uh, I don't know is a level seven or eight or something like that. You can catch one of the gray guys in the fire, stand on the middle wave, and it'll just throw pterodactyl after pterodactyl after pterodactyl at you. And and which that's which the, ROM that's, the only that? that's red. Red. Okay. And and that yeah, pterodactyl. And, and, and that's 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 a cheat. That's you know getting points like that's a cheat. And that's there were uh, massive scores that were being amassed in the eighties, and they, that's the reason it went back in for revision. So, um, how did you learn that pterodactyl ki- uh, trick, anyway? I, I never did. I, I never, I never played it. Somebody showed it to me years later. Oh, but wait, wait a second huh. though. What's so the pterodactyl? Tri- well, there's so there's that one, and then there's the standard in-game one where the pterodactyl comes. How do you, how do you stop the pterodactyl from killing? Pterodactyl, uh, eight, it's a, uh, its mouth. You have to hit it directly in its mouth. And it's, uh, it's eight pixels open, four pixels closed, I believe. So you have to hit it right in the mouth. Okay. Or it's two or four. It's it's like divided in half. I, I think I've got it on our site someplace what the, the pixel is. But, you know, and you, you can kill it on the middle. There are pterodactyl waves. There's one on the bottom and there's one in the middle, uh, threes and eights. And um, in the middle, you have to stand to the right of the middle of the platform and, and kill them. Yeah. Okay. It, it'll come up directly on the. It'll come up directly on the level of the, uh, of your uh, lance. If, as and long as you're thing. standing, if you're standing stationary on the platform. So was that an accident when right. you figured that out, or or did you like? How did you figure out how to do that? No, I, I was assuming it was an accident in, yeah. in the in the eighties. And then you're like, and of course. Now, now people, it's 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 uh, you can go and learn how to play any game much much quicker than what we did because YouTube. We didn't share our secrets. We didn't share our secrets with anybody. Like you know, I was talking to Steve Sanders, and I, well, we had this whole group of people, and we would share how to do these things. And I said, Steve, 
We have broken your arm if you were trying to steal our secrets. <laughs> 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 we, we didn't share secrets, you know. We, oh, we, Steve, you know, Steve you published his secrets. Hey, go away! Don't learn how I play this. It's not for learning. free. <laughs> you know, not for free. Well, yeah, we have... now it's all on YouTube, and you can, you know, if you wanted to learn how to play a game, you can watch the the best in the world play the games. Like, yeah. I threw almost ninety million up over the weekend. It's all on Twitch. Yeah. It's all recorded on Twitch. Well, and Steve Sanders, we know that he shared his secrets because he shared the secrets of winning at Donkey Kong in a book. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, gosh. I'd love to have Steve on the show, actually. It'd be fun. Steve's Steve's a nice guy. Cool. He lives right here in Kansas City, too. Oh, really? I'm in Kansas City. I'm in the south part of Kansas City. He's in the north part of Kansas City. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get a hold of him. I think it'd be fun to have him on the show. he was just over at my house last weekend when I played the the marathon. Oh, cool, cool. So, do you guys uh, ever like hang out with Billy, or is that just sort of uh, when when the opportunity arrives and you're all at the same event? Yeah, when when we're all at the same event. Sure. You no, know, two. What was it? Three three or four weeks ago, we were all at the same event in Wichita. So there was Walter and Billy and Ben Gold and uh, uh, Joel West and. Uh, Steve Sanders and myself and, um, you know, good, and Jerry Buck, Buckner was there and his <laughs> wife and so there was a, uh, Jerry Buckner was, came. that was at the dinner, that was the dinner before and uh, <laughs> they awarded, Walter awarded me uh, a Twin Galaxies trading card for having played Joust to 10 million points in all 50 states. Oh, that's great. And uh, he did part of the presentation and Billy did the other part so that was kind of humbling when you're, when your peers will um, honor you in such a way. Cool. That's awesome. Hey, I I was doing some research and I I heard that you believe in the phrase "flying is dying." <laughs> That's absolutely true. People people always ask me, "So now uh, I'm at this point, how do I get better?" And I say, "Flying is dying. Stop flying so much." <laughs> I go, "Joust. Joust is a physics game." And you cannot outfly. Let's say you're trying to get to a million points. You've got shadow lords flying all over the place. There, there are ten, there are ten things on on every wave, whether it's the shadow lords or whether it's the pterodactyls. And these things are bouncing off themselves and off ledges, and you yeah. can't project that. So what you try to do is use the physics against them and make them come down to you because they will come down in the same patterns all the time. Maybe a little faster, maybe a little slower but they will come down to you. And that's a much easier thing to project than trying to project 10 things bouncing off of themselves yeah. and everything around them. Because it's good frenetic when the, the higher levels and the just things are just bouncing around all over the place. Oh, yeah. People like to fly up at the top. Now, if I get bored and I got a lot of men, yeah. I'm doing a marathon. I'll fly up at the top just to entertain myself. When Sanders and I set the marathon doubles record, he played player one, and he played at the top left, when you come out of the, you know, the materialization and kind of pads there and was letting things stream up to him directly. And I was playing the opposite side on the right, playing player two. And we were scoring at almost 3 million points an hour. We ended up playing 15 hours and we had 40 million, 120, 150 in, in points. And, and we played the top almost all the time. Okay. Uh, except when one of us started dying a lot. Then we come down and we play at the bottom and uh, and build the men back up and go to the go to the top. So um, it takes two good players to play the top like that because you have to have each other's backs if one gets by. Okay. Hmm. Hey, 
so well, hold on a minute. I'm I'm confused. How many Joust records do you currently hold? It sounds like there's multiple levels. Well, sure. There's uh, there's the doubles marathon record. Okay. There's the uh, uh, which I own with Steve Sanders. Uh, there's Twin Galaxies. There are different entities that you can have records with. There's uh, Guinness. Okay. There's Twin Galaxies. There's Record Center, and there's Arcade, and I have over 20 Joust related records with the four organizations. Do you have any like Nintendo Joust records? No, no. What I what I do have now, though, because I only have so much space in my arcade at my house, is I bought an X arcade, and and I haven't gone after these yet because I had a couple other things I was going for first. Is we put now X arcade is, runs Mame. Sure. But we put we put PlayStation two versions of PlayStation, GameCube, and Xbox in this, and put them in put them in uh, with in with switchers. So. All those, all those versions of Joust that that are on those uh, ROMs can uh, uh, be played on that system. So those will be ones that I'll go after at some point. Cool, nice. Yeah, there are so many. Like, and I, I even had. I well, before I started collecting arcade games, I was, I would get the, you know, the console versions. So. Nintendo uh, Entertainment System and yeah, uh, and then when the PlayStation came out, they released the Anniversary Collection, and then you'd have Joust emulated on that. Actually, the PlayStation One uh, collection, the Joust is very faithful. You know, it's running some sort of, yeah. it's running the arcade um, ROM, but it's uh, ROMs, but it's um, you know emulated. And then PS2, they re-released them again, and then Dreamcast and all these different versions. But uh, the worst one I ever played. Uh, was on the Game Boy Advance. They had a, a version, mm. and it was like a three pack of games, and Joust was in it. And it's it's really really bad, you know. <laughs> like the you know the hit boxes are huge, and the you know I don't know if they rewrote it for it, but it 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 does not play well on the on the GBA. So that's that's horrible. Yeah, yeah that that kind of disrespects the game. The the cool thing is. These things, the graphics are, uh, as the ages have gone by, have become so much better to play them on. Yeah, and and um, you know now you can do on a tiny little RetroPie, you can uh, or you know Raspberry Pi, you can load RetroPie and any ROM, and it, it plays pretty faithfully. You know, it's uh, it's you know because you're running Mame, so it's, yep. it's yep. just cool. Yeah, I own the I have the Mame Marathon World Record on Joust also. Oh, cool! Oh, and there was an Atari version too, wasn't there? An Atari Joust, Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah, it's on. They have a version on almost every version of uh, Atari. But as I said, that was I stopped playing uh, basically eighty four. I yeah. stopped playing arcade games altogether and started up my companies in uh, Kansas City. And I'm like, what you is know, he? The only the only game I played from. 84 till 2011, unless I happened to buy an arcade, was Black Tiger. And it, it was the first game I played that actually had an end. <laughs> you know, it, it was like, it stopped. You know, and I, and I happened to be playing it, and I'm like going, you know, because it was at a Pizza Hut, and I would play it whenever I was in eating. And then I had a, a day that kind of canceled out, and I was like, going, okay, I'm just going to see how far I can get this thing. And I played it uh, all the way through, and it says the end. And I was like, the end? <laughs> <laughs> the end? 
I go, what the heck is this? I said, uh, I said, do you guys know this thing ends? I go, I, I don't think I got my quarters worth, you know. So, but I actually have one. I've got numerous games in my collection, and that was one that I have. So, I, I figured that was that was kind of cool. Now I'm not back up to the end with it again, but I'm I'm pretty close to getting it to the end again. Well, I used to play it through all the way through on one quarter, one man. And, nice. and that's kind of tough to play it all the way through. And the record on it is about a million more points than what I used to score back in the, the late 80s on that particular game. And uh, talking to Scott Patterson, he said that, uh, that they think that there was a uh, another version of it that gave you a million points when you killed the final boss. And... Uh, this is obviously not that version, the one that I played. <laughs> I think on the arcades, greatest hits uh, that they released for the PlayStation um, had some extra videos on it with like game developers. Um, I seem to remember Eugene Jarvis and a very pixelated um, Joust developer talking about their games and how they developed all these games. And um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you, know what's, you know what's interesting? Now they have uh, uh, Killer Queen, which is uh, oh, basically yeah. you know ten player joust, you yeah. know, uh, advanced. And uh, um, rumor had it that Eugene Jarvis hated joust. And now uh, look into whose company produces that in the United States. Uh, oh. Is it his company? Jarvis's company produces Killer Queen. I did not know that. So that's like that's I told I told John Newcomer, the developer of Joust, that he goes, "That's so that's so that's so right." <laughs> Newcomer did uh, Joust two also, right? They asked him to make a sequel. The, that is correct. He did Joust two also, and I have the Joust two prototype in my collection. Oh, oh, what? nice! For, and, and how do you know it's the original Joust two prototype? I bought it from. <laughs> uh, Mr. Newcomer, and it's signed by Mr. Newcomer. Oh my gosh, that's cool! What do you think of Joust Two? Well, you, you know, I'm not going to dog Joust Two. I'm just going to say, if you're a Joust player, Joust Two becomes confusing. If you've never played Joust, then Joust Two is a great game. Yeah, I love you it. Know, the, the, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the purest of, you know, here's Joust, it's doing these things, it's simple. But, <laughs> Well, that was interesting. We just set a raccoon and walked into my door. <laughs> nice. Our house, our house backs up to the Federal Reserve, and um, the uh, when I when I let the dog out just a little bit ago, I had a, a a doe and her two babies running across our backyard, and now I just have a uh, a, a raccoon walk across our our back door here. So we're having a little fun here <laughs> as we're talking, I guess. My favorite. Uh soundbite from Joust 2 is careful warrior <laughs> as you're about to die <laughs> careful warrior yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's yeah, yeah that's, there's there's some great stuff there I was talking to Python Angela at one point about the the sound and you, you Python's a character and uh, of course he, he uh, passed away from brain cancer and my wife and I kind of adopted and he, he would tell me stories when I'd go up to Chicago to make sure he was doing okay Mm -hmm. And uh, he was telling me a story about the sound when you run, when your your mount runs, and then you stop. It makes a screeching sound. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he said it's it's the screeching sound 
from bringing a 1981 uh, Firebird to a stop. <laughs> now, now, I'm telling you what Python told me. Now, we, we will take that all with a grain of salt, you know, what the actual sound is, but that's what Python said. Just to, just to let our listeners know, um, some of them might not know who Python Angelo is, but uh, awesome, awesome um, artist and um, did a lot of work for Williams. Um, Joust, Bubbles, Sinistar, Star Raider, and his pinball projects. Yeah, and his pinball, yeah, Taxi, Fishtails, Hurricane, um, Police Force, Jokers, Cyclone, which is a big a favorite among pinball collectors that I, I know, uh, Pinbot, he did the art for that, High yep. Speed. So, I mean, just, you know, game after game. Um, Bubbles is also a revered game these days. People are always looking for that game. Yep. Um, but I, had, th- I had a Pinbot in my pinball collection. And sold it so I could buy a taxi because mm-hmm. you know I've got uh, uh, ten, ten or eleven pinball machines and then seven or eight video games, so I kind of have limited space. And I was like, going, I kind of want a taxi because taxi reminds me more of Python. Even the guy driving the taxi looks like Python. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when you look, when you when you start playing and you listen to the sounds and how busy it is, it, it just reminds me of him. Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah. Did he do your T-shirts or? Um, no, you... the T-shirt that you have is done by Stephen Orlando. Okay. And I, I kept looking for a Joust T-shirt that wasn't quite just the the normal Williams T-shirt, and I had seen that one at some point, and I kept trying to buy one so that I could so that I could have one, and and uh, never could find one. So I tracked him down, and it was Robit Studios, and uh, I told him who I was and what I was trying to do. And he goes, he goes, you know, Steve Sanders, he goes, I'll just give you the rights so you can print them, but you can't sell them. So Stephen gave me the rights to print those shirts as long as Steve, as long as Sanders and I would wear one at the event where we did that went for doubles, the doubles world record. And I told him I would give them out to people and sign them. And, uh, you know, so that's been a really unique thing that, uh, that I've been able to give out to people. Are they all still red or did you, you kind of alluded to, they might not be. No, I stopped doing it after Site 100. Oh, okay, cool. Oh. So, so, I have, so they're only they're only probably sixty of them out there, sixty or seventy of them out there. Sweet. Well, thank you very much. And for the last the last ten the last uh, fifteen ten or fifteen of them are all uh, what are you eighty four? Yeah. So yep. maybe the last twenty are red. Okay. Yeah, the last twenty are red. Sweet. Is that? I pr- I appreciate the uh, the rare gift. So, ah, my <laughs> I had such a good time. I mean, we, uh, you know, I wish I could have hung out with you longer, you were, but you kind of, uh, you know, working at the same time and you have all, you say at the time you were doing all these traveling around for, you know, your, your, uh, I don't know, seminars and such. And, um, but what's your right. day job entail anyway? Well, I own a carpet and upholstery cleaning company and, um, leather cleaning company and uh, I used to teach a lot of leather cleaning courses uh, across the United States to professional cleaners you know carpet upholstery cleaners and um, I also serve on the board of directors of a couple nonprofits, uh, one in the cleaning and restoration industry and the other in uh, uh, management industry and, and so I had the ability 
to put a pin down and say, you know, I could travel within a couple hundred miles of this. I would guess I was probably either up there uh, teaching a course in um, Minneapolis or I made a trip through Minneapolis on the way to go someplace. And there was a a couple trips that I took or more than one trip that I've taken just to press towards certain numbers. I know when I was getting close to a hundred, I I took a couple trips to, um, I mean, one of them, I I played a hundred, I played 14 machines in 14 days and drove 5,000 miles. Yeah. You know, so it was play, it was play a machine, drive as far as you can play a machine. I think I got to play two in one day once. So, they gave you a little bit of rest, but I mean that's that's a brutal kind of trip. That's that's like East Coast. That's like Kansas City to the East Coast, yeah. down to Florida, East kind of and back. So there's some pretty hefty trips in there. You know, it's interesting. I now that you say that, I'm remembering you might have been in Minneapolis a couple of days because I think you went to Insert Coin, which was new uh, at the yep, time. I played Insert. I played Insert Coin. Yeah, You're correct. And uh, and their machine wasn't as good. Uh, you had to play on the no. on the second player because the first player was broken, if I yeah. recall. Yeah, yeah. I I find that a lot. Player one just gets really, really abused, and people don't take care of it, don't know how to take care of it. But then you get to player two, and it's hardly ever played. And so sure. those can be pristine. And, of course, I played the doubles record with Steve from player two. I probably played, of the 150 machines, and 50-plus machines I played, I probably played 20 of them from player two. Wow. Yeah. So they were just that bad on player one that you just put in the quarter, let it die, and then go to the second one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, the other things people watch, and you know, I, I play with a pair of old bike gloves, and uh, one of the arcade guys used to say, oh, you, you do that because uh, you saw me uh, do that in uh, one of the films. I was like, <laughs> was no, that I Al Picker? don't think I've ever even seen that. Yeah, uh, I don't even think I've ever. I, I hadn't even seen the film at that point. <laughs> yeah. What happened is I was, I was playing at, uh, I think it was Barcade at uh, Williamsburg, uh, you know, New York, and uh, the the control panel was all, uh, as you know, where the control panel, um, Lexan rolls down over the edge. That's not really smooth underneath there, and then over over a period of time, your sweat uh, destabilizes the plasticizers in that material, and then it just cracks. And there's it's <laughs> very cracked up, and uh, I cut my hand. Oh. oh. And we actually put box tape on it so I could finish. And um, so I said, you know, I said, I'm not going to ever roll run into that. Plus, you know, you're putting your hands on Lex hand. Uh, the first natural thing to do when you put your hand on plastic is for it to sweat. So I decided to wear an old pair of bike gloves to protect me from both those things. And I just happened to have a nice old pair that has this thick gel pad in it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can put your hand down and even rest it a little bit. Uh, and um, they just worked out really, really well for me to play in those things. Yeah, here's a clip of Mark Alpiger from the outtake of King of Khan that didn't make it into the movie. Oh, yeah, I, I noticed that earlier, and I've noticed that I didn't mention it to you guys. This is actually technically a weightlifting glove because I discovered in the 80s that you could buy a weightlifting glove which was fingerless, and I used it to, uh, used it to play Marble Madness. See the double padding? The guys that uh, play marble, they used to call it a marble hand. You would get calluses, you would get 
pinches that were you bruising from the pinches that would get it. And so I said, you know, this is this is nuts. I'm going to get a glove and protect my hand when I play marble. <laughs> he goes on to talk yeah, about how he yeah. calls the games by their first names too. But that's that's a clip of him. So you met him, and he was like, you got that from me. It, well, I've, I've I've talked to Mark over the years. He's he's a nice guy. Yeah, I I've I've been fortunate to meet a lot of guys and people people love guys and hate guys. And I'm like, look, I'm just here to play the game. I don't care yeah. what your political beliefs or your religious beliefs are. Sure. Does your joust work? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> if your joust works, you and I are you and I are on are, are good terms. Well, and they, you know, it's we talk about this every time we bring up this movie, but they they treated these guys so bad. You know, they, they yeah. made oh, yeah. their oh, characters yeah. to be, everybody's a character, but they, you know, they amplified it and took the parts that they thought were most, and then they throw them into the movie and or put them in outtakes and everybody makes fun. But, you know, we met Brian Koo and, uh, I've never met Mark, but we've met Walter. We've met, you know, Billy and, uh, you know, met you and every single person is a super nice guy. Every single one, Steve Wiebe, uh, you know, and, yeah. um, yeah. I just uh, I think it's it's great that you get to do this circuit and meet all these guys that are have been in and out of all these yeah. different you know circuits for movies and game competitions and it's just got to be fascinating. Well, you know, you know I'm in one. Of, you know I'm in one of the movies, right? Which movie? Video Craze. And if you can catch where I'm at in Video Craze, you've got it on pause. Yeah, video, video, and you're video going craze. frame by frame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah! I actually have not seen that one. That's I have not either. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's it's I it's it's me playing Joust. Me playing it. I'm playing myself playing Joust, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just it's just a short, like brief shot. Yeah, it so, was released yeah, in so 2013. I'm, I'm, I'm famous in my own mind because I'm 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 in Video Crash, which I thought was a pretty good movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, looks like you can watch the whole thing on I guess YouTube. So. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, yeah and, and Dan's is a, the guy who made is a is a nice young guy too. Yeah, and he was actually, uh, in his came out before Knuckles, right? When did Knuckles release his? Um, yeah, it came out before his. Yeah, uh, I don't know, King of King of Arcades. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I cool. was at Richie's. I was at Richie's place, uh, uh, December thirty first, two thousand eleven. He was the twenty fourth machine that I rolled over. And that was the night that they were closing down his uh, arcade. Oh, the first time, you know, they closed it down. Now he's since, of course, open, right. open back up. But that that was the closing of of uh, Richie Knuckles Arcade. So bittersweet moment, and then obviously, you yeah. know, good ending to that story. And now he hosts the yeah. Kong off, right? Yep, yep. Which yep. is a pretty big event. I I would love to go to that. We're gonna try to do Grinkers this this year as a team. Um, do you ever go to any of these things just to hang out and play the games now, or? Uh, no, no, not not really. I, I mean, it's so, um, it's people expect me to be very, very good at every single game, mm -hmm. and, and I kind of have this rule: I don't like to play games that I'm not really, really good at in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Billy Mitchell has the same rule. You know, I yeah. think it's a common. Yeah. It's like. A, you know, why? Why would I want to play a game that I'm not good at? For well, it'd be uh, Lonnie McDonald playing Donkey Kong. I could, I could probably count the the, the amount of times I played Donkey Kong on <laughs> two hands. Yeah, I, it just doesn't. It, it it never 
it never had an appeal to me. I probably played more Popeye than I did Donkey Kong. Yeah. You know, which basically is the same mechanism, but, mm-hmm. you know, why would I want to sit and play Donkey Kong with somebody who scores 700,000 points when I probably am going to get to level three? Yeah. Uh, I, I've never... I, I, on the other hand, I enjoy watching people who are really, really good at their craft and their game. Yeah. I would rather do that than play. So, uh, do you actually have any other uh, records besides Joust records? Just they're just they're just all Joust related. I've never turned, and there's some um, scores that I have that aren't turned in because they're not the number one scores. Okay. Which you know, at, at one point I scored ninety nine point nine million points on on Joust on a Joust marathon, which probably should be third or fourth. I, I never turned it in because I was disappointed it wasn't number one. <laughs> you know, it's it's why would you? What difference does it make? I mean, I just scored almost 90 million points this weekend. Well, it's not number one, so it'll never get turned in. Sure. So Dave from Buffalo says, does Lonnie own a pair of ostrich boots? No, I don't. <laughs> He's and, also asking, which no, ostrich Lonnie eat? Nope. No, I, I, haven't, I haven't eaten them. But interestingly enough, though, my wife used to take painting lessons from a lady who owned an ostrich farm. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've I've actually had yeah. ostrich pizza, um, where yeah. The, yeah. it's a good substitute for hamburger. It's very lean and tastes a lot like hamburger. Yeah, I've had ostrich burgers. So, but not I, Lonnie I has not done that. To, I am looking for a place to go um, ride an ostrich, though. I thought that'd be fun. <laughs> you can't ride them. Wow, they, they're a big. They're a big bird, aren't they? And they're not, and, and they're not nice either, you know. Yeah. Robin, uh, Robin's uh, friend who owned that ostrich farm said those things will spit and uh, bite you and chase you, and <laughs> they're not very kind birds. So yeah, you gotta be careful. I don't remember how they came up with the idea that you know you'd be jousting on an ostrich. Oh, because the flight mechanisms is more believable for that they would fly than some of the other birds they looked at. Because of the shape of the bird, yeah. Right, like an right. And, would... and to be able, and they had to be able to carry a man. Right, right. Didn't didn't Ralph Bakshi make a movie with ostriches that people rode? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch bad movies, so oh, I don't. <laughs> you don't watch bad movies. No, we, no. we do have we have a lot of interesting stuff uh, interviews with the uh, the developers at Joustmaster dot com. Uh, you know, we have the trackers of the. For uh, the machines, ones I played, the ones I haven't played, uh, cocktails, pinball machines, Joust Two. Uh, we keep adding to that daily. Eventually, you'll be able to add to to list yourself. But there's records and accolades, uh, Joust for sale on eBay, um, galleries, and uh, and a timeline of the first hundred machines that I played. And uh, we try to make it not just about me, but a place where we could ac- accumulate any joust information that was out there uh, to save it for uh, for uh, arcade players to view in the future. That's cool. Yeah. So I just oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a so the movie that he was talking about is called Wizards. Yeah, but I don't think that's an ostrich. No, and it's funny because I posted the exact same link just after you did. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird looking, but it looks kind of like Joust, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's it's weird. Hmm. But he did a yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys ever in the seventies they released um, 
Lord of the Rings. And I'm not talking about the crappy little back, you know, bass and How ring. How dare one. you? You know, I'm talking about the one that Bakshi made that, that I think. That was terrible. The bad one? No. <laughs> no, actually. It was really good. And I think actually Jackson probably stole a lot from it. Um, or they just had very similar visions of it. But um, it's a fantastic movie. And unfortunately, it ends like right as they're about to go towards Mount Doom and they never made a sequel. So luckily they, um, you know, Peter Jackson was hired and made a good set of films. But anyway, Ralph Bakshi, uh, wizards, check it out. The, the, the image is pretty funny. So, um, any more questions from the, the audience? Hmm? I think we've got it. That's it, huh? Well, ostrich eggs. I think we got it. Yep. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Lon McDonald, I want to thank you again for being on the Arcade Radio podcast this week. We appreciate it very much. Oh, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be down at Let's Play Gaming Expo in Texas, and I'll, I'll play a couple of games there, one cocktail, one upright, and then uh, free play Arlington, Okay. and then Cider something. So I'll be playing four games down there um, next week. Well, what is it? Two or three weeks, whatever it is. Any chance of you going so to Grinker's this year? Nope, nope. Uh, although I was at Grinker's when it was still concrete, and they were they were running a little bit behind uh, opening, okay. and um, we played that played that game, and it uh, it uh, had a little meltdown, and then they fixed it right before the TV crew came. Okay. All right. That was an interesting uh, uh, site. Big site now, from what I understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. So tell us your website so people can go and check out the the list. Yeah. 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 So it's Lonnie. Is it LonnieMcDonald.com? Nope. Jousemaster.com. Jousemaster.com. And then you can look at the registry for games that are. On your list to play and j- games that you've already played. Yep, and and you know the interesting thing we have games on there that I'm not going to be able to play because mm-hmm. people don't want you to come and play their game. Oh and I, yeah, I completely understand that. That's fine, and well, I have those tagged in my my list. Uh, like we won't be able to play that game, but we want to make sure that we we're keeping track of these old pieces of history. Yeah, I, I do restorations also, and uh, the last restoration I did was. Uh, uh, the one before this one was a uh, 1976 uh, Williams Grand Prix, which uh, won an award at the Texas Pinball Festival. And the last one we just finished was uh, ah. Tales of the Arabian Night Pinball, which I restored for my wife, and uh, it's downstairs too. So, uh, my job. my machines, if I buy one, will eventually become restored, and I only have so much space. Okay, I so, yeah, want... I, I like I like bringing them back to life and making them making them like new. Yeah, well, well. Before you go, uh, maybe as a, as the outro here, let's have you give us a list of what you got uh, in your collection. Uh, collection. Uh, let's start with uh, pinball machines. I've got uh, Twilight Zone, which was a home use only. Then Tales of the Arabian, Arabian Nights, which we just finished the restoration on. Taxi. Uh, Black Pyramid. Um, Star Trek from 1978, which nice. did the restoration on. I love that game. Uh, that was the ball. That's the Bali version. Great, mm. great version uh, with the updated uh, playfield that actually you light up the, the nacelles. 
Nice. And uh, then uh, Star Trek from, you know, the next generation. Yeah. Uh, which is completely restored. Uh, then upstairs we have uh, Target Alpha, uh, Surf Champ. Um, Lots of pins. Grand Prix, which we restored. Then I'm working on a, uh, our current restoration is a 1967 Williams Pitch and Bat. Uh, that's the pinball machines. I have cool. an X-Arcade uh, upstairs with, uh, as we talked about, uh, the normal stuff plus two PlayStations, uh, GameCube, and <laughs> Xbox in it. Uh, yeah, we've got the whole stuff in there with uh, switching boxes. I have Black Tiger, I have a com- which is completely restored, a Gorf that's con- restored. I have Joust 2 Prototype, which is in pristine condition. Yeah. Uh, my Joust, a Joust cocktail, and a Miss Pac-Man Galaga class of 81 cocktail, which had 200 <laughs> plays on it when I got it. Nice. So it's almost so UO. That's, that's, that's my collection. And if you look at the downstairs, uh, I have all sorts of joust stuff on the walls, including the original joust, uh, artwork signed by, uh, uh, Python Angelo, oh, cool. uh, a copy of the storyboard, all sorts of Joust memorabilia um, downstairs and arcade memorabilia downstairs. So it's a, it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice setup downstairs. Sweet. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. This has been the Arcade Radio Podcast. Um, this is the part where we dance. You know, you can follow us on on YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play. Uh, that's Arcade Radio. R C A D E Radio. And uh, we even have a website, ArcadeRadio.com. So email us, react at ArcadeRadio.com, or, you know, tune in two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pleasure, guys. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you. And we'll have to have you on again. Yeah, we'll have you on when you hit 60 hours and 250 games. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a nice evening. You too.